Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Pathway Church. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Ah, come on, if you love Jesus, come on, let's put our hands together and let's bless him today. And it's so good, such an honor to be with you guys today. I want to welcome all of our people tuning in online at all of our campuses, Airport, Foley, South Haven. It's so good to have you guys joining us today and uh, really excited for what the Lord is doing in the house. What about the worship team this morning? So incredible. I'm thankful for the presence of God. I was telling the team earlier this morning that when he shows up, everything changes. Nothing can stay the same anymore. And my prayer today is that as we experience the presence of God together, we've celebrated him through worship and praise, but we're also going to hear what he has to say to us today. My prayer is that you would not merely just come to check this off your list this morning, but you will be transformed from the inside out. And that's my prayer today. And uh, before I go any further, I just want to give honor where honor is due. I'm so grateful for the leadership of this house and uh, what God is doing through Pastor Travis and Miss Kelly and the Johnson family. Come on, can we put our hands together and just thank them for their leadership? We love you so much. And I'm excited for the opportunity to open the scriptures up with you today. If you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, and we're starting a brand new series today called Where Blessing is Found. How many of you would say that, Adam, I would love to live a blessed life, like I want to just live blessed and highly favored in the name of Jesus, amen. And that's, uh, that's my prayer for us as we dive into this series today. And uh, we're going to be taking a, a moment, really several weeks, to dive in to what I believe and what a lot of scholars believe is the most famous sermon ever preached. Jesus is setting up, basically this is his preamble or his opening speech before he begins the Sermon on the Mount. And just so you guys know, he goes on from ch uh, Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 6 to chapter 7 and so he just begins to preach this huge sermon. Now, before you get all sweaty and all that, I'm not going to be preaching for three chapters today, okay? So just calm down. It's all right. But uh, I believe today there's something in the intro, even the intro, God is wanting to pull out for us today. And this is what we call the Beatitude. Somebody say the Beatitude. Not attitude, the Beatitudes, all right? And uh, although you need to probably fix your attitude some days as well, too. So there's that. But Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is just one big sermon. And so we're going to dive in for several weeks to the beginning of uh, Jesus' opening statement from starting in verse 3 all the way down to verse 11. And so uh, I, I wonder if anyone in here has ever read the Beatitudes before, like really deep dive into it. I got to be honest, there have been moments where I've read this piece of scripture and I've just kind of glazed over it. I never really try to dive into it. You know, let me get to the good stuff, which is the Sermon on the Mount. But I missed 
so many amazing things in this segment. And I've got to warn you, this is going to really step on your toes a little bit today. I believe that this whole series really where blessing is found is going to step all over your feet like your left foot trying to dance at your senior prom one day, okay? Like that's what's going to happen because these, these values that Jesus is opening his sermon with are so countercultural to what we believe and also what the folks believed back then when he was alive as well too. And as I've been learning and studying these values, I, I've realize that I not only can read them, but I can apply them to my life. And I believe these are values that we desperately need in all humanity today. Can I get a good amen, somebody? And I really believe we need revival in our hearts and in our lives. I love that song we sung just a few moments ago ago called Fresh Wind. And really that's my prayer today is that God would give us a fresh wind of his spirit through his word going forth today. So here we go, Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 1. And it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say blessed. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Here's the great thing about it. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And here's what I want you to realize today, ladies and gentlemen, is that Jesus not only came to teach us these incredible values, but he's telling us how to live them out. Jesus embodied all of these principles that he's talking about. He embodied kindness and gentleness and love and mercy and goodness. And I believe even atheists who don't even believe in him still think he was a great man because he was. Can I get a good amen, somebody? He was an amazing person. But not only was he an amazing person, but he came to give us so many other things attached to his life. He always came that we could take on his life. And I love what 2 Corinthians says, that we were transformed little by little, glory to glory. We're not only just going from minute to minute. No, Jesus says we're going from glory to glory. And that's his desire for us today. There's two things right off the bat that I want you to see from these statements. These statements reveal where true happiness can be found. These statements reveal where true happiness can be found. Now, the word blessed in the Greek is a difficult word to translate into English. It's makarios in in the Greek, and a lot of translators kind of interconnect and interweave these words blessed, and they actually can use the word happy. But it's not blessed as in you have a lot of things, and it's not happy as in you're happy, you know. 
It literally means that there is an eternal joy on the inside of you that the world did not give, and what the world did not give, the world cannot take away from you either. You're completely different. It means that your joy is not circumstantial. It's not contractual. That there's something on the inside of you that the world did not give, but it is a supernatural joy. The people of God, all of us in the room, everyone tuning in online at all of our campuses, there's something that is on the inside of you deep down where the good stuff is, that regardless of what our circumstance and our situation looks like today, we can stand here and say in the house of God that I have an eternal joy. Jesus is saying there's something found in the most unlikely places. So I got to ask you this morning, Pathway Church, Where is your joy? Is your joy wrapped in things and stuff? Is your joy wrapped on Instagram when everyone else is going to vacation and you're going to work? Uh Uh-oh, I think I hit a nerve right there just now. Adam, why you got to bring that up, bro? I was doing all right today, and then now you're going to bring that all out in front for everybody to see. But this is an invitation that is completely countercultural. It's a value system that no circumstance, no happening can take your joy away. Here's the second thing that I want you to see today. So it says, blessed are the poor for they. And we're going to see a lot of for theirs is or for they. In other words, the statements show you today that these statements have the potential of what can be yours and what you can possess. But there's a a thing that has to happen in your life before that can take place. You know, many times I am in church, you know, I I live and breathe this stuff. I'm always talking about church to really anybody. You know, I go and work out at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, man, I'm talking to somebody about Jesus in there. Brian's a good workout partner for me. And we're talking about Jesus while we're working out. And then all of a sudden we'll have somebody else come and ask us questions. Man, I love the church. I love what God is doing, not only here at Pathway, but what he's doing in me. And so what happens is that these people begin to, I begin to ask the question, what is the gospel in your perspective? And especially here in the Bible Belt, they, there's really no question that they'll say, Jesus came to die on the cross and save me from my sins. That's the gospel. However, that is true, but it's not complete. You see, Jesus didn't only come to get rid of your sin, to come to save you from your sins, but he came to heal your marriage. He came to restore your heart. He came to heal your pain. He came to help you get over your yesterday. He came to put purpose back into your life. He came to stir up the gifts on the inside of you. And I believe so many of us in this room today that we are satisfied just with the salvation piece, not with the transformational piece. But I came to tell somebody today, the good news is that he's going to transform you from the inside out and you'll never be the same again. And if you believe it today, let's give him a good shout of praise in the room. There is more to the story. There are so many things that we have yet to tap into as the people of God. And my hope is that through this series is that we can apply these values into our life and we will be forever changed because of it. 
Matthew 5, 3 says, blessed, somebody say blessed, are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Does that mean if I have no money, does that mean I'll inherit the kingdom of God? Because I just looked at my bank account this morning and Adam, I'm doing all right in that category. I'm in the negative and overdrawn yesterday. But blessed is the person who realizes that they are completely destitute, utterly helpless, one who realizes their absolute need for God. That's what blessed are the poor in spirit. I love what these other translations, I have three other translations. I want to bring this verse to you. One comes out a New Living Translation. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of God is theirs. The God's Word version says this, blessed are those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. The New Century Version says this, those people who know they have great spiritual needs are happy because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. There are so many things in our life that we can thank God for. That we are blessed beyond measure. But here's one thing that I've noticed in my walk with Christ. We will never depend on something we don't think we need. What does that mean? I am convinced the more that I have dug into this scripture, what does it really say about the people that are poor in spirit? It's for the people that say, I can't do this on my own. In college, I had an opportunity to go to Guatemala several times, and uh, it was an incredible uh, adventure for me. I had never been out of the country. I mean, dude, it was a journey just in the airport for me getting a passport. And man, I just remember just really the, the, the tension that was there, but the excitement and all the thing. I was hoping that I could get through TSA and they wouldn't confiscate a pocket knife that I had. Like there was a lot of excitement there. I was living on the edge. Come on, somebody. And I was excited. But I was in college and I was really on fire for the Lord and I wanted to go see what God was doing in other countries. And so our team, we take off and we've got this uh, bags full of just stuff that we're going to build houses for uh, in the villages of Guatemala over there. And uh, we had big packages of hammers and nails and all that kind of stuff that we were bringing with us to, to help them. And I'll never forget this. As long as I live, we're driving to the villages. It's about an hour and a half away from any shop or store. Uh, from our hotel that we were staying at and we're driving and we're going up the hills and all that kind of stuff in a 15 passenger minivan it was incredible and also made me scared for my life ladies and gentlemen I, I had no idea <laughs> and so we're driving and we're going and we, we get to one of the villages and uh, they had no sewage or trash system in Guatemala so what they would do for their restroom or their trash that they would have, they would just throw it on the side of the road. And as we're driving by, there, there's this family on a trash pile. And we have our windows rolled down and we're just looking, you know, taking pictures and stuff. And it was a mom and a dad 
and three children. And they're on this pile of trash and they're digging through the trash and I see one of the kids pick something up and put it in his mouth to eat. And we honk the horn at him and he looks up with a muffin or whatever it was in his mouth and he's just waving as happy as can be. And I look at that vision that God has given me in that today and I realize that the moments that I get upset that things don't go my way God will quickly take me back to that moment that I was never satisfied in the first place you see these people have one pair of clothes one pair of shoes if they're lucky one meal a day that they're living for And when you show up and a team of people show up in these minivans in their village, they come running out of their home that is built out of cardboard and sticks. And they come running out and they open the side door. They don't even know how to do it, so they're yanking on it, trying to open it. And so they open it and they just flood you with emotion and happiness as you come out. And all they're doing is excited to finally see somebody to come and just play with them. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment. He said, Adam, this is true happiness. This is the poor in spirit. Why do you say that? Because they are leaning on me and nothing else. They're not in it for possessions. They're not in it for personal gain. And just to watch them as we bring them to a church service and they would worship and they would cry out to God and they would pray and they would do all these things. And I said, Lord, let that begin in me too. Let me put all the selfish things aside and let me just worship and focus on you because you deserve it today. And I've realized that they're happier than you. You get mad because someone cuts you off in traffic. At least you got a car. Oh, preacher, you better stop. They are completely and utterly dependent on God. They are the ones who are blessed. I had a mentor of mine when I was coming up. I began to preach. He said, Adam, whenever you preach, you have to help people get them lost before you can get them saved. And so these next few moments that I have with you, I want to share with you exactly where you are today. Because without Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, we would be lost. This verse that Jesus appears to the churches in the book of Revelation And Jesus has already ascended into heaven and he's giving this charge to the churches of of that time. There were seven large churches. And in Revelation chapter 3, he says something very uh, transforming, if you will, and very convicting. In Revelation chapter 3, this is to the church of Laodicea. And he says, I know your deeds. I know you have four campuses. I know you've shared millions of pounds of meals with people in Mobile. I know you've done all these things, but you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. 
So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have required wealth, and we do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And my ladies and gentlemen, my hope is that we realize that we are in desperate need of an amazing Savior. And without him, we have nothing. But with him, we have everything. And if you believe it today, let's give him a good amen. So what does that mean? Without God, without Jesus in my life, here's what God provides for us. Without Jesus in my life, I have to pay for my own sins. Your sins have a price tag and a bill that is attached to them. There are things in your life right now. Scripture says that the wages of sin is death. And if we have no one to pay the price... Guess who's paying them? So ladies and gentlemen, now that we have Jesus in our life, I'm going to go all Pastor Travis on you today. Stop sinning. Stop it. There are things in your life that you are giving the enemy a foothold, and what becomes a foothold eventually becomes a stronghold, and then it becomes a thing in your life that you can't get rid of. Without Jesus, I pay for my own sins. Romans 3.23 says it like this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Adam, do you mean that I'm not all that in a bag of chips? What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm meaning that. Because of Jesus, I have the free gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5 says like this. I love this, what Paul's talking to Ephesians about. He says, as for you, somebody say, that's me. Oh, come on. Somebody say, that's me. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by the grace of God that you have been saved and made anew again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have to realize that you and I have incurred a debt that we cannot pay. We have a life that we are living. And you say, well, Adam, I'm just born me. I'm born the way that I am. My granddaddy was like this. My daddy was like this. And I'll always be like that. I was born this way. Well, that is why Jesus said you must be born again. Because when that happens in your life, you will be changed. We all have a debt. And at some point in your life, the bill will come due. But thanks be to God. First Peter chapter 2 says this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 
for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Because of Jesus, I have the power to be healed and transformed. As I was, as I was praying today on the way over, I said, Lord, what is it that you want to show your people today? And he says, Adam, I want you to simply remind them who I am. You have forgotten who he is. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. So, who is Jesus? Pastor Philip, you can come and Who is this man? Well, first of all, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the light of the world. He's your healer. He's your savior. He is the word of God that became flesh. He is the redeemer. He's the restorer. He's the lion of Judah. He's the son of God. He's the bread of life. He's our high priest. He is the power of God made into flesh. He is the Messiah. He is the hope of glory. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the mighty one. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the resurrection and the life. And in that name, he is above every other name. He is the name above your torment that you felt this week. And I, I feel by the Spirit of God today that he's saying, I can handle that to you. The spirit of torment, his name is above that. I can handle that. The name above your panic attacks this week, I can handle that. The name above your insecurities and your fears and your worries, I can handle that. The name above you that you may be lost of sleep today, I can handle that. Whatever you need for me today, I am that I am this morning. That is the God that we serve. And I came to give you a wake-up call at every campus and everybody online that he is still God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he does not change or waver. Oh, I thank you for the spirit of God in this place today. You are more. There is more to the story. I thank you for the love of Jesus in your life. That not only he's given you life and life to the fullest, not only the love of Christ found you where you are, but the love of Christ is propelling you to not stay there, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind today. And my prayer this morning, church, is that you realize your desperate need for him. So what is it? What is the first beatitude all about? It's this simple. Jesus, I need you. I need you, Lord. You may have it all. You may have all the the homes, the cars. 
But deep down in your spirit today, I feel by the spirit of God in this place that you are realizing that you're empty. And if that's you today, I believe he's going to fill you. I believe that you've been trying, you've been striving, you've been doing all that you know to do. And all Jesus is saying to you and I this morning, church, I can handle that. I can handle that. So as you walked in today, you received a communion cup, and I'd love for all of our campuses to stay with us. Now, I have to say, before we partake of this, my hope and my prayer is that those of you that may be far away from God this morning, is that we come to a place together and we say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. So before we partake in communion today, I want to give you the opportunity at all of our campuses right here at Moffitt that you say, if Adam, I'm as far away from God as I possibly can be, that I thought today the whole church would burn down when I walk through the doors. Jesus is saying, enough with the excuses. Follow me. And if that's you today with every head bowed, every eye closed in the room, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. If you say today, Adam, that's me. I am in desperate need of a Savior. I have been lost. I have been wandering. And I have been searching and looking for something different. And if that's you today, you say, Adam, I want to put my full trust in Jesus Christ today that he will transform me from the inside out. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand all over this place at all of our campuses, our locations. Amen. I see you. You say, Adam, I'm in desperate need of a Savior today. So what I'd love for you to do, church, is whisper this prayer with me. If that's you, if you made a decision today, you raised your hand today, I want you to say this. Everybody all together as one big family, Jesus, I need you, and I'm desperate for you, and I'm completely empty without you, and I ask you today to forgive my sins and living my life to satisfy myself but today come on but today oh come on but today I lean on you and I ask you to be the Lord of my life take over come on say it that way take over take over I believe that you're the son of God you died and you rose again and today I put my faith completely in you in your name I pray amen come on let's bless the Lord today for all the decisions at all of our campuses today so as we 
partake in the communion, there was a verse that Jesus says as his disciples. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. And my prayer today is that you will remember all the names that we just spoke of, that who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Folks, he is who he says he is. And if you give him a chance, he'll set you free. As he's talking with his disciples, he's sharing about them that he's about to give his life and to to give his blood and sacrifice for all the sins of humanity. And he's trying to just put it down into layman's terms for him. And so they begin to share a meal with each other. And he takes the bread, and if you would take the the cracker here, and he says, this is my body that will be broken for you. There is no pain that I cannot heal. There is no suffering that I cannot remove. And by his body, we have been made brand new. You may partake of the cracker. And as he begins to describe his body broken, he begins to say that there is a river that will take place on the cross. And that river is my precious blood that I shed to make you brand new. What can wash away my sins? Oh, but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? But the blood of Jesus. What can make you white as snow? Every wrong, look at me real good, every wrong has been made right by the blood of the Lamb. You may partake of the juice today. Jesus, we're thankful for you this morning. We thank you today that by your body and the blood of the lamb that was shed on that cross, God has made a way where there was no way. You paid all of our sin, all of our debt. God, you took it all upon you. And God, today you're saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, the people that are in true dependence on you. God, I pray that as Pathway Church, we come to a place to say that we are in desperate need of a Savior, that we cannot do it without you. And God, as we do that, God, I pray that you transform our minds, heal our minds in perspective, transform our hearts and our spirits today to give you full control over every area of our life. And God, I pray today that we will never be the same because of who you are. And Lord, we worship you. Oh, we thank you today, Jesus. We thank you today. 
We thank you, Jesus, for setting us free, picking us up out of the miry clay where we were and building us a brand new life today. In you, there is life. And God, we know that you didn't come to make bad people good, but you came to make dead people alive again. And I, God, I pray today, God, that our hearts begin to beat again. The soul becomes on fire for you again, God, that you just begin to raise up something on the inside of us. Awake, oh sleeper. Let this thing begin to happen on the inside of us. Revival begin to take over. God, that we will never be the same from this moment forward. And we believe it by the power and the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us/give. We'll see you next week.